1: God's people were recognized at that time as the possessors of real wisdom. Babylonians and Persians and people of all nationalities were coming to that land where they've worshipped the one true God who is the only one, the giver of wisdom.
0: Welcome to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Who do you seek out? And what do you do when you have a difficult life question? It's become common for many to go to the internet or start searching through YouTube. But when you need real-life wisdom, where do you go? God's Word, of course. Today, Dr. Yusuf begins a new series called Got Wisdom? Encouragement from the pages of Proverbs for answers to the daily challenges of life. Let's listen together as Dr. Michael Yusuf begins today's teaching.
1: Today I want to begin a short series of messages on biblical wisdom. I need to begin by telling you that in the Hebrew language there are six words and they're all translated in English as wisdom. But the most common one that you find in the book of Proverbs is the word chukmah, which really simple definition is this. Making the right decision at the opportune time. Making the right decision at the opportune time. That's the word "hokma" or the word for wisdom in the Hebrew language. And who can do that but God? All the time, making the right decision at the opportune time, at the right time. And that is why only those who walk in faith, only those who walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, are able to do that more than anybody else. To make the right decision at the right time. This is the definition of wisdom in the book of Proverbs as we're going to look at it. I'm calling this message the plea of wisdom. We're going to see in the next two messages the protection of wisdom and the path of wisdom. But this is the plea of wisdom. In fact, the first chapter in the book of Proverbs, you're going to find that the entire chapter is a contrast. Wisdom and folly are represented by two women. Both are calling out to people. Both are inviting people. Both tempting us to follow them. The first 19 verses of Proverbs, you'll hear the call of folly. But by contrast, you must understand that both wisdom and folly are very inviting. Both wisdom and folly are active in their pursuit of us. Every single moment of every single day. Both wisdom and folly have different ways of operating. They have different ways of attracting people. Both wisdom and folly are seeking followers. In other words, they are in competition with each other. They're competing for us. But there is a world of difference between the way the two of them operate. There's a world of difference between the way wisdom operates and the way folly operates. Wisdom operates in the open, while folly, on the other hand, operates in darkness. Wisdom operates in the clear sunshine, but evil and folly tend to operate in the darkness and in secret. Wisdom has nothing to hide. Everything is open, but folly is secretive, sly, covert. Wisdom makes itself available to anyone who seeks after it or who's willing to receive it. Folly, on the other hand, is active only when nobody is looking. (laughs) That's the contrast that the Scripture makes here. And Solomon said that wisdom is pleading with all people everywhere to receive it. Please, take me with you. Accept me. That's what wisdom is doing, It's pleading with everyone. And you say, how do you know that wisdom is pleading with every person, everywhere, all the time? It's very simple. It's right there in the Scripture. You see, in Solomon's day, the busiest place in town is at the gate of the city. All the commerce took place right there at the gate of the city. The government conducted business right there at the gate of the city. The legislators, the judges actually conducted their courts right there at the gate of the city. All the business deals were sealed right there at the gate of the city. In other words, wisdom was crying out to be accepted in every area of life. It's calling out. She's calling out. I believe with all my heart that if Solomon is writing in our day, he would have said, "Wisdom is crying out in the schools. Wisdom is crying out in the libraries. Wisdom are crying out." in books and magazines. Wisdom is crying out in the Congress and the legislators. Wisdom is crying out in radio and television. Wisdom is crying out where business is being conducted. Wisdom is crying out in the hospitals and in the operating room. Wisdom is crying out in the boardrooms and in the shop floors. Wisdom is crying out in every area of life. Unlike folly, wisdom is pleading openly and pleading passionately. But sadly, wisdom's voice is being drowned by the pursuit of folly. The Bible said that the beginning of wisdom, not the end of it, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And the reason you know that wisdom's plea has been going unheeded is because the fear of the Lord is not in the land anymore. I want you to look at verse 22 of Proverbs 1. There's three questions in that one verse, verse 22. Three questions that are addressed to those who choose to ignore wisdom and pursue foolishness. These are three rhetorical questions and need to be answered by every human being that has ever lived. Listen to me. Every one of us have to answer these questions. How long will the scorners remain in their scorning? How long will the foolish remain in their foolishness? How long... How long wisdom is crying out to our nation and saying, how long will you be deceived by soft words like diversity and inclusiveness and political correctness and sexual orientation and tolerance and open-mindedness? How long will you be deceived by these soft words? How long will you not hear the voice of God telling you that the fear of Him is the beginning of wisdom, and not this list of foolish pursuits that has invaded the churches. Someone may ask, what is the fear of the Lord? Does it mean that I need to be terrified of God all the time? No, that's not what it means at all. The fear of the Lord in the scripture means that you do not grieve Him. The fear of the Lord means that you reverence Him, that you have devotion to Him, The fear of the Lord means that you dread sin, not rationalize it and explain it away. That's what the fear of the Lord means. Those people who ignore wisdom are the people who, when you give them employment, they will dissipate their opportunities. They're the people, if you give them money, they're wasted. They're the people who, when you give them education, they don't value it. They're the people, when you give them wise counsel... They refuse to accept it. Several years ago, I was talking to someone in my office. As many of you know, I'm not a great counselor, but I gave it my best shot. (laughs) But no matter what I say to that person, that person would say to me, you just don't understand my situation. No matter what I say, you don't understand. So I became mentally exhausted. I was just tired. I was coming to the end of my rope. So I got up, I grabbed the Scripture, and I opened the pages of the Scripture, and I read a passage that is directly related to that person's problem. Before I even finished the passage, that person said, But the Scripture doesn't understand. (laughs) Finally, I had to say some very hard things to that person. Do you know why? Listen to me. It's from the Word of God here. Because when people are in the grip of folly, they need to hear the word of rebuke from the word of God. And the difference between those who positively respond to the wisdom's open plea and rebuke from the word of God, and those who are caught up in folly, and in its folly's secret enticement, the difference between the two is success or failure. I want you to hear me right, please. Those who accept the rebuke of wisdom and the wisdom that comes from the Word of God will succeed. Those who get angry and leave and they're going to keep on repeating their error with meticulous precision. And they're going to keep doing it over and over and over again. Why? Because their folly has stopped them from receiving the rebuke of the wisdom of the Word of God. Why do I say this? Because folly hardens the heart. And a hard heart is like hard ground that needs to be plowed, that needs to be broken, so that it can produce crops. Just as the clay needs to be kneaded and pounded, Before it can turn into a beautiful instrument, into a useful instrument, so is the heart that is hardened by folly. So is the heart that is hardened with pride. I want you to hear me right. People who refuse to be broken by the Word of God. Listen to me. Some of you are there. Those who refuse to be broken by the Word of God and the Word of wisdom of the Word of God will never be useful to God. Did you hear that? Those who refuse to accept wisdom 's admonition will not be of help to anyone. Those who are so wrapped up in themselves, those who are committed to being right all the time, those who are who get angry at the preacher when he speaks wisdom from the word of God, those people who shrug their shoulders and they say, "Well, that was another good sermon." <laughs> and refuse to listen to the rebuke that comes from the Word of God, from the Holy Spirit of God, they will remain in their foolishness until it's too late. Until it's too late. And Solomon is saying, look at verses 28 all the way to 31 of Proverbs 1. Here's what Solomon is saying. He is saying that when wisdom is scorned, when wisdom is rejected, When wisdom is ignored, wisdom will one day mock those who have rejected it. Wisdom one day is going to laugh at those who ignored it. Wisdom will take delight in the plight of those who have opted for the foolishness of their own folly. Now, you need to understand... The Hebrew language, particularly whenever we're looking at the Old Testament, you've got to understand the way the language is used. Because when you read this, the first thing you're thinking about is, is God going to sit back and laugh at the plight of the folly? Is God going to sit there and mock the person who have made the choice for folly instead of wisdom? And the answer is, No. And that is why I want to illustrate it to you in a way that you'll understand it, okay? I get sick. I go to the doctor. And the doctor diagnosed my sickness. And then he gives me a medicine. I take the medicine, and I put it by my bedside. And then I'd say, this doctor, he really doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm not going to take this medicine. I know he means well, but I'm not going to take this medicine. This medicine can't really help me. It can't do much. I know how to take care of myself. The medicine will be sitting there by my bedside. Every morning when I wake up, I see it. Every evening when I go to bed, I see it. I look at that medicine and I say, I'm fine. I don't need your medicine. (laughs) I don't care if you going to bring me healing. I don't care what kind of healing you're going to bring me. I am fine. The doctor did not understand how I feel. (laughs) The doctor just doesn't understand my real needs. I know what I need and it's not that medicine. I want to tell you something. There are millions of people throughout this world and throughout this country who are watching by television, hearing the Word of God preached, have a Bible in their homes. It's like that bottle of medicine sitting there. And they're constantly, constantly scorning it. In the real sense, the very presence of that medicine by my bedside is a cry for, by that medicine for me to use it. But I keep on refusing. So what happens? I die. I refuse to take the medicine. I die. So what happens then? Here's what I want you to listen to very carefully. That medicine would be sitting there after I died as a mockery of my foolishness. That medicine would be sitting there by my bedside as a monument to my stupidity. That medicine would be sitting there by my bedside laughing at my stubbornness and my hard heartedness. Now, that's the picture here. The Bible tells us about a man by the name of Noah. God told Noah to build an ark in a specific specification. But not only that he is to build that ark because a flood is coming, but he is to invite whomever would come into the ark to escape perishing. Noah went about building the ark. Not only that, but he was going to his neighbors. He was inviting them to come into the ark. He is saying, "Deluge! Your flood is going to come. Deluge! Your flood is coming. Please come into my ark. Deluge! Your floods are going to come. Please come into my ark." But instead of heeding the warning and accepting his invitation, his neighbors jeered him. They mocked him. They laughed at him. Day after day, day after day, day after day, day after day, they would not heed the warning. Not only that, they called him a fool. They look in the sky, there's no sign of flood, there's no sign of rain. It doesn't rain in this part of the world. Their human logic, which is folly, told them that the possibility of a flood is extremely remote. And so they refused the invitation of wisdom. And the Bible said that after Noah and his family, and every sample of every species has entered into the ark, God shut the door. This is very important. You see, Noah did not shut the door. I think if Noah shut the door, he's a human being. And he sees the plea of his dying neighbors, he would have been tempted to open the door. The Bible does not make a mistake. Listen to me. The Bible said that God shut The door, not Noah. Now, this is very important. You must understand that. Why? Because it was God's invitation that they've rejected, it was God's loving call that they turned down. So, it was God who shut the door. When the warning was not heeded, when wisdom is scorned, when God's plan was rejected, When mercy is refused, when love is consistently mocked, then the ridiculed invitation was withheld, just as it will happen. There is a time today for everyone to turn to Jesus Christ and receive His salvation because He's the only way to salvation. But the day is coming when God says, this is it. And it will be too late for those who rejected Him. I get no joy out of that. I plead with people. Accept wisdom's invitation. You see, when the ridiculed invitation is withheld, at that point the opportunity has passed. The chance is gone and is gone forever. Look at verse 28. Verse 28 of Proverbs 1. It says, the people will cry out for wisdom, but they could not find it. Now, wait a minute, you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You told us in the beginning that wisdom is crying out for everybody. Anybody would receive it. If they wanted, they'll take it. If they were open their hearts to it, yes. That was for a time, not forever. But it's not ironic. is not that ironic. When wisdom cries out to people, and they reject it, and they choose folly instead, then when the invitation of wisdom is withheld and withdrawn because of the rejection, it will be too late. They'll call out for it, but they won't find it. The book of Revelation said they'll be running from mountain to mountain and saying to the rocks, cover us from the face of him who's sitting on the throne. Verses 29 and 30 of Proverbs 1 gives us two reasons why wisdom plea will come to an end. Because it had been detested and because it had been despised. And the result of detesting and despising of wisdom will be no other than reaping of one's own harvest. Reaping one's own harvest. Look at verse 33 as we conclude. It says, those who accept wisdom's rebuke, those who are willing to be broken by the word of God, those who will turn to the living God in humility and brokenness, will dwell safely. And those who do not will live in fear and dread. Noah, who was called a fool by the real fools, rested secure in the safety of the ark in the midst of the raging flood. And the real fools who have rejected his kind invitation perished in fear and dread. Will you accept wisdom's plea today? Will you reject folly and receive wisdom before it's too late?
0: Thanks for listening to Dr. Michael Yusuf on this episode of Leading the Way Audio. Lives are being touched with the gospel across 6 continents in 28 of the world's most spoken and understood languages. Learn how you can be a part by visiting ltw.org. And if you ever miss a broadcast or want to listen again, you can do it by listening with the Leading the Way app. You can also subscribe to the podcast. Just do a quick search for Leading the Way on the podcast platform you use, like Apple, YouTube, iHeart, Google, Spotify, or the many other options. Find Leading the Way today. As mentioned, God is positioned Leading the Way to have a powerful impact around the world. And we received a note recently from a listener that we thought might encourage you. Let me share a few excerpts. Dr. Yusuf, I want to thank you so much for your teaching. I'm 22 and recently opened my heart to God. Not knowing where to begin or what to do to grow in my faith, I was led to listen to Leading the Way, and it's helped me learn so much about God and my new faith." She continues, "'The program is inspiring. You are passionate, and you always seem to address my questions about life and faith. I work in an industry with a lot of social pressure, and your teaching has helped me stay strong. Please pray for this young woman and the many people worldwide who use Leading the Way as part of their spiritual diet. Learn more by calling 1-300-133-589. That website, ltw.org. That's ltw.org.
1: Before we run out of time for today, as an encouragement to our fellow listeners, I would like to invite you to share how God is using this program to encourage you in your walk of faith. I believe it is important to give testimony of how God is working in your life, and if leading the way is part of that, we would want to know. Please call us at one 300 589 Now, I want to hear all about it, and we just might share it on the program. Once again, the number is 1-300-133-589. Do it today. Thank you in
0: advance, and God bless. Well, I hope you can join Dr. Yusuf next time his practical series looking more at the wisdom found in Proverbs on Leading the Way. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision
1: Christian Media. To find out more about us go to vision.org.au